Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are, with me as your host, Sarah Poet. Now, if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit, that's okay. Have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went, wait, I left something of myself back there along the way? Well, if so, then you're already on a path of sacred remembering and you're actually in the right place. We know that modern women are rising, but we don't do it by fighting. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. And here in this space, we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, all you listeners. I'm so glad that you are here. You know, I've been interviewing guests for a year and now I'm doing a series where I'm the primary speaker and I have some things to share with you. Today we're going to talk about emotions. And I thought before we began that we would do a two breath meditation together because I always did a three breath meditation with the guests, but here we are together in this format. So I'd welcome you at this time to go ahead and focus on your heart space and taking a breath consciously into that heart space in and out, just connecting to that center of you, lighting it up. And then with the second breath, attune to the hearts of all of the listeners at any point in time. Ah, so we weave a web that way. Thank you for doing that. And as you exhale, returning to this space, it is so wonderful to connect with you today. And on this topic of emotions, I have to say that as I record this, There is pouring rain outside in these Appalachian mountains. And I woke up with kind of a stuffy nose, and you might hear a little sniffling in the recording today. And I didn't really get as much sleep as I would have liked. Yesterday was a really full-on day. And so I was kind of chuckling as I was getting out of the shower because I was thinking, Oh, how wonderful. I mean, I could be having my own emotions today as I give this talk about emotions. And that's just okay. I mean, it's perfect in a way. So why am I doing this? Why am I talking about emotions? Emotions is such a big topic. And I have seven points to cover here today. I'm giving you an outline of seven points. And the reason that I am talking about emotions is because there are some themes coming up in my work, whether in one-on-one sessions or in women's groups. And that is this... Women feeling a very old shame about having emotions. You know, that story that, oh, women are so emotional. Well, that got really ingrained. And then it's like, what do I do with that? If that's something to be ashamed about, yes, it's not, then then how do I be with my emotions? And so I want to give some information about that. I also see 
another theme is that women are taken down by their emotions, like taken out of their sovereign power seat. Um, and so I want to just shed some light such that you are not taken down by your emotions, hopefully, um, so that we can get on top of this. Um, and the third reason why I'm sharing this today is because just truthfully, my mission is that we all stand in the truth of who we are, that we identify with the core and sacred truth of who we are, rather than identifying with the traumas and the emotions a lot of the times go with the traumas. Um, a lot of the times we wouldn't even feel negative if it wasn't for the traumas and the thought loops that we are in. And so I really want to empower you to just be able to ask yourself, well, what is this emotion telling me right now? Do I choose to identify with it or not? Those kinds of things. I'm going to talk about a lot of tools today. So speaking of truth, the Sacred Truth Mastermind wait list is now open. Okay, so go to sarahpoet.com, go to the drop down to the mastermind, read all about it. I changed it from a six month to a four month program. We're doing more potent work in less time, actually. And that's just, that has to do with the way that the world is moving so fast these days. So I know that we can really do a lot in those four months. And so if you think that you are at all interested in the Sacred Truth Mastermind that begins in January of 2021, go to sarahpoet.com and get on the wait list because that's how I share the information. So there's no commitment when you join the wait list. It just means that you will get the information sent to you because you're interested in it. And so I like to have that uh, connection with you. And um, I cannot wait for this mastermind. I cannot wait <laughs> for, uh, for what's coming through. It's really potent. So go read the description and, and see if you want to add your name. Okay. I'm already having to pause and sniffle my nose and cough and things like that. So you're going to hear some pausing in the podcast again. I'm okay with that. All right. Point number one, ready? What are emotions? What are emotions? So this is a really interesting question that kind of evokes a lot of different answers. So you can just pause and ask yourself, well, what do I think emotions are right now? Maybe we start to inevitably name them or try to list them or try to define what they are. Um, so the first thing I want to draw your attention to is that emotions are frequencies. They can actually be measured. Okay. Like on a, on a megahertz scale and love is way, way at the one end of that high, the high end of that scale. And then things like shame and guilt and fear and, and closing down are at the other extreme bottom end of that scale. So I'd like for you to think of emotions as a spectrum, first and foremost, okay? And we're talking about a spectrum that can be summarized really, really simply. So either we're moving toward love, happiness, openness, all of those yummy things, or we're moving toward fear, shame, guilt, okay? It's, it's a spectrum. I want to say that spectrum in a different way. One end of the spectrum, the love, the happiness, the oneness, all of that is expansion. 
So when you think about that end of the spectrum, that is very, very safe. You're safe to be who you are. It feels like the truth of who you are at that end of the spectrum. And you feel aligned. You feel aligned with God. And so you're able to open and expand in every possible way. And as you think about the other end of the spectrum, the fear, think about what that does in your body, the shame, the guilt. Um, It's really common when we feel shame or guilt that we want to hide, that we want to run away. And so that end of the spectrum represents contraction and constriction. So one thing that you can do is to ask yourself, oh, in this moment, am I expanding or am I contracting? And if there's a positive emotion, you probably find yourself expanding. If there is an unpleasant or negative emotion, you probably find yourself contracting. Uh, We'll talk about responses to that in just a moment. But emotions are frequencies and, and they can really be looked at it really simply without having to get into the analytical mind about, okay, what exact emotion am I feeling? No, it's, am I expanding? Am I contracting? And when I was um, working in schools and a school principal and a school creator, and I was running mindfulness programs, and we were talking about these kinds of things, there's a lot of hype. And I believe that it's well intended to get kids to name emotions. I think women also do this hype with men. Like, why can't you be um, in, you know, can't we be with our emotions? Can't we name our emotions? So there's, there's a cultural pressure to actually talk about emotions and name emotions, and be with emotions. I actually, for a few years now, have not subscribed to that. Not that we should turn a blind eye to what is going on emotionally, but that we do not need to be able to name the emotion exactly. So quickly, I will say that one of the reasons I think that is because in any moment we're either expanding or contracting and our ability to be with that and the frequency of that is way more important than our ability to, for the rational mind to find the word to label our emotion. The second reason is exactly that. If we are in any sort of unpleasant emotion, then we're going to be, you know, gearing toward fight or flight in the brain. And our brain isn't actually going to be able to find the word very rationally. So when we are in an unpleasant and irrational place, the ability to adequately name the emotion, actually, it's kind of impossible because those, those skills come from, or those, um, I would say actions in the brain actually come from two different areas. Okay. So if you're super emotional, like very, very angry, or you're having an outburst or, you know, a child is in rage, those kinds of things, they cannot go to their prefrontal cortex and access that word that describes their feeling right now. Okay. That's a whole other thing. I could teach about that forever, but I'm getting myself back on track. So expansion or contraction. Okay. And I actually looked it up um, in preparation for this, for this, I'm going to call it a class because I'm doing a class on this as well, but I'm recording it as a podcast. I looked up, you know, well, what are emotions? And there's actually, um, I guess, discrepancy or, you know, different scientists see it different ways, right? (laughs) Because some of this has to do with things like frequency and soul and spirit and things that scientists just can't, um, 
you know, pinned down. And so they, they say, well, you know, just do emotions come from the head impacting the physiology or do they come from the physiology impacting the head? And so that's an interesting tidbit of information. So um, they say uh, one definition was biological states that are associated with the nervous system that are really brought on by neuropsychological changes that are associated with thoughts, feelings, behaviors, whether something's pleasant or unpleasant. Okay. So that's just um, some interesting information. It's like, huh, what came first, the body or the head? (laughs) Okay. Um, The other thing I want to mention about emotions here is that they really truly are conditional. So if you think about it, the last time you had a really big emotion, either pleasant or unpleasant, it was probably associated with an outer condition. So you can, you know, you break up, that's, you might deem that unpleasant, and then the emotions associated are unpleasant. Um, so the mind has a middle, a middle role to play right there, okay? So the condition happens, the mind is saying, oh, that was really super unpleasant or pleasant, and then, you know, and the emotion ensues, So throughout this podcast today, I'm going to be talking about this, how there's the outer stimulus, and then we mindfully, consciously can look at, well, how am I responding to that stimulus? This is like mindfulness 101, but we're going to take it beyond. And and then, you know, how are my emotions reacting to that stimulus and noticing that with a conscious mind? And then we can do something about it when we are not being conscious and the emotions are just reacting to the conditions. It can really truly be chaos as I'm sure, you know, and here I also want to talk about how the conditions can also be societal. So maybe it's a micro condition like, you know, goodness me, like your pet dies or like your relationship ends or, you know, you can't find the job that you want. Those kinds of things, those kinds of conditions and beliefs. Then there are the bigger underpinnings of society that are actually impacting you on an emotional level. And it's really important that we look at these. Okay. So the beliefs in society can impact our emotional state. I'm going to draw this out for you. This is point number two. So I want you to look at some common societal beliefs with me. And we are modern women waking up to the truth of who we are. That's who I'm talking to on this podcast. So, okay, some some common beliefs that we hold in our female systems, in the world that we've, you know, grown up in and are enculturated to, one common belief is that you have to be a good girl. You have to perform. You have to get it right, right, in order to be worthy of love. You can think now of your good girl story. Where are you performing? Where are you hustling to prove that you're good, that you are worthy? that you're deserving, 
Okay. You could even journal with that at any point. Another common belief, I mentioned this earlier, are that emotions are a problem, that women are crazy, that, um, you know, if a woman is with her emotions or acting emotionally, she is irrational, not to be trusted, and then therefore can be dismissed. You know that one, and know you do. All right, another one, another common belief is that, oh my gosh, and I just kind of paused in my body and, and like planted my feet even firmly, more firmly on the floor in just the, the humbling nature of this one. The belief that you're broken if you don't feel awesome. You know, you know that one. So it's like, oh, I don't feel good. What do I need to do to feel good? And then that really perpetuates uh, hustling. I'm going to talk about that more in just a moment in the next one. So these beliefs, here's what I want to draw your attention to. These beliefs, they run like programs. They run like computer software. Okay. I would even go so far as to say, without wanting to scare anyone off, that these are like AI. They're like artificial intelligence, that we've been programmed with these beliefs, right? Like we didn't necessarily choose these. They're just kind of passive. And then they live in our psyches and we're, we're with them. And so it's important to acknowledge, oh yeah, I'm running programs that actually aren't mine were handed to me and they don't feel good. (laughs) They don't feel good. And they lead to a deep feeling of unworthiness and actually keep women trapped in a loop. And that loop is, this is my third point, this perpetual, no matter what I do, I can't feel better loop. No matter what I do, I can't feel better. And this is just, it's based in the programmed beliefs. And we're kind of hostage to that until we wake up to that. And I know that this is hitting some women right now. Like you're in the perpetual emotional cycle and then, and you just believe that it's so real. And what I'm telling you is, Please examine what is the underlying belief and did you choose it? Is it yours? Would you prefer to keep it or would you prefer to open up to something else? So we're getting metacognitive here, which means like we're, we're watching what the mind does rather than just going on in the stream of things. Oh, I feel this way. Oh, I you know, feel this way. We're pausing and saying, what is the belief that is causing me to feel this way? Okay. And then we're questioning that. And if you can do that, and I can guide that, you know, I have one-on-one coaching programs. I can guide that. When you do that, you wake up. You just wake up. And it doesn't mean that is to say everything gets better overnight. We're humans. We don't move that fast in our evolution. But it is to say that you can change your association with the programming and change your life. Okay? So let's look at this I can't feel better 
belief. So we have, we have the programs. We think no matter what I do, I can't feel better. What does that do? It keeps us performing. It keeps us looking for the positive emotions. What do I have to do to feel okay? Do I have to go to therapy? Do I have to go to trauma therapy? Do I have to go to yoga? Do I have to get married? Do I have to have a child? Do I have to follow my dreams? Like, what do I have to do to feel better? That's the wrong question to be asking, okay? Um, That leads to all kinds of things like anxiety, depression, feeling that something is wrong with you because you never feel better when the whole thing was a fucking scam to begin with. You do not need to hustle to feel better or hustle to prove or hustle for your worth. I talked about that in the last episode. What you need to do is align to the truth of who you are. Okay. And we'll talk about emotional management in in this conversation. So even though you're working your ass off to feel better, the loop comes because the stimuli are the same. So you feel, you know, a certain emotional baseline, like say anxiety, and then you go to therapy, go to yoga, go through the motions, think, why don't I feel better? But the stimuli never goes away and your baseline is still anxiety and anxiousness. What is that? That's contraction. And so from that contraction, you continue to repeat contraction, right? You continue to repeat the same frequency. So you have to interrupt your loop. You have to interrupt your own loop. So that brings me to the next point. Point number four is all about awareness. Awareness. So I already said metacognition. It's watching what the brain is doing, watching what the thoughts are doing, and just noting, noting what the repeating thought loops are. The, the, where we get kind of tripped up with us, where we do get tripped up with us, not even kind of, is what we attach as judgment to the thing that we notice. So it's really, this is again, mindfulness 101, that we need to be able to separate the noticing from the what comes next and stop judging and really stop making meaning right there and stop analyzing. We always want to figure out, but that in and of itself is a product of the scene of these scene programs. What do I have to do could also be, what do I have to figure out? What problem do I have to solve to get on top of this? Why can't I figure it out? Okay. We're going to talk more about the mind versus the body in a moment. So when you get that meta-awareness and you just notice, then you start to question, huh, is this something I truly believe? Does this feel like the truth of who I am? Or does this feel like something else, like someone else's story? Then you you almost, excuse me, need to hack the program. Okay, so if this is a program You have the meta-awareness. You have the cognitive choice point. You have the personal sovereignty to say, no more. 
you can interrupt the program and not let it own you. And you do that by not giving it your energy. So if you notice that there's a belief that's, that says, um, I'm never going to have enough wealth, but that belief keeps you in anxiety and that anxiety causes you to, you know, overspend or maybe you have a fear of even looking for the job or creating that, that dream entrepreneurial business, those kinds of things, those freeze responses. If you are in that, then you notice that you're in that and you hack the program by doing something different. Do not give it your energy anymore. You are the sovereign creator of your own life. So notice what's going on and then do not be powerless to the loops that have been perpetuating for a long time. I know that I'm I'm talking about things that seem easier said than done. And that could be an argument here. Well, Sarah, that's very, that's easier said than done. But what does that give you? That gives you an out to continue to feel the same emotions and the same emotional loop. I am not saying this from a standpoint of being someone who has never had anxiety or depression or someone who has never experienced lack or someone who has never experienced um, a dark night of the soul. I have experienced all of those things. And so I am saying this as someone who has deeply, deeply related both to my emotions and to these, I'll say, programs in a way where I have studied um, what is at play and how to move forward through it. So while I am saying big things, I'm saying them in love and because I believe and know that they're possible. Okay. I'm saying them sort of from the other side. It is not to say that I always feel positive emotions. It is not to say that I don't get scared or contract. Those things happen. They happen less and less all the time um, because of some of the practices I'm going to share with you at the end of this. Uh, at the end of this episode. Point number five: the feminine and masculine. You know, I had to talk about this in a conversation. So, all right, the feminine alone will swim in emotional waters. The the feminine is water. Emotions are a water element. Um, And so we know, and again, given that stereotype, that the feminine and the feminine inside of us is going to be what relates to the emotions, the fluidity, the one minute I'm feeling this way, one minute I'm feeling that way. Oh, one week of the month I'm feeling this way, the other side of the month I'm feeling that way. We are fluid beings. I am a Pisces. I'm a water sign. I'm a very emotional creature. Okay. I I go on emotional waves pretty much all the time and they correlate with my energy. For example, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm going to not have as high an emotional resonance the next day. So given my human design as a projector, given my previous adrenal fatigue, um, you know, given how I need, given my age, probably how I need to take care of my body, it's a lot to do with the maintenance of the whole self before the emotion 
comes into play. So it's almost, you're building resiliency. You're building resiliency so that you can be with the emotional waters when they arise without like getting pulled into that undertow. Okay. And the inner masculine. Now we don't need an external masculine for this. This is really important. The inner masculine sets the structure. And so if we are talking about being with our emotions, you can ask yourself, well, where do I allow that inner feminine to maybe swim with those emotions and just get carried away versus where do I put some parameters on my own emotional process? Not to say stuff it. You know, I'm not saying the same societal messages that emotions are wrong. Emotions are not wrong. We need to move the emotional energy. I'll talk about that later. We need to move the emotional energy. We need to have it move through our system and not be stagnant. You create the the way for that to happen. And so there were times, um, you know, in, in the beginning of my business, I went through a dark night of the soul where my feminine was just swampy as fuck. Like I was having an emotional day and, um, you know, it was like two in the afternoon. And then I just let that emotional process happen Ah, for the rest of the day. Ah, I just won't do the work. Well, I didn't put the structure on myself. And then it's like, Oh, why isn't my business, um, <laughs> making money? Why, why aren't people coming to me? Well, it's because I, I wasn't balancing both. And so it, it again, this is coming from someone who finds it very um, easy to be with emotions and, and to once upon a time, get very carried away with those. So you have to bring that back and erect the structure from the inner masculine. So if you're going to do a yoga class, you know, have that be your hour to really dive into those emotions. And then when you're done, you're thinking, okay, what's the next thing I need to do? Not to busy myself, not to perform, not to feel better or to get out of this emotion, but to move toward the goals that I have for my life. Because emotions can really distract you from the goals that you have for your life. Like I was saying in my, in my first year of entrepreneurship, I was so excited to be able to flow in the feminine. And, but that emotional energy often distracted. Um, We can say sometimes in spiritual community and in women's communities that that emotion is intuition and I have to follow it. I actually don't agree with that. I think emotions are emotions and emotions are frequency and energy. And if you follow every single one of them, they are going to lead you on a very windy path. So you need to bring in that metacognition and say, why am I doing what I'm doing? What am I creating? What am I uh, intending to create in my life? And then recognize the emotions, but come back to the overall picture and still make decisions and take action in the alignment with what you're creating. And sometimes 
you have to do that in order to move the emotion forward. So also the belief that you need to feel 100% better before you take action, bullshit. Okay. You need to take action to move the emotion and then take action toward your dreams and your desires. I really want women to get this because I don't want you wasting a lot of more time, wasting more time than you already have being associated with these swampy emotions that just keep you stuck. Meanwhile, you have huge dreams and visions. And meanwhile, the world needs what your particular thread of magic is. I mean, we need that to come forward. So we need to regulate these emotions in really mindful, conscious, I'd say spiritual, I'd say evolutionary ways so that we can um, really come into that truth that the world needs. Okay, so now for part six, what do we do? What do we do with these emotions or how to be with these emotions as sacred information, but how to, how to not get overrun by them? Um, so how, what to do with them in addition to questioning the programs? Okay, so first thing, we need movements, we need movement. Um, so many women that I talk to are resistant to movement and exercise, but are debilitated by their emotions. Um, I have definitely also been this woman. I mean, when I was in the dark night of the soul, one of my teachers actually said to me, do not stop moving. And I stopped moving. And I have patterns in my body that I continue to get massages, continue to go to chiropractic from that time because the trauma and the emotions got stuck in the body. So a lot of the time when we're not feeling good or we're experiencing an unpleasant emotion, we will freeze up, makes sense, fight or flight, we would be freezing. Um, And so fight, flight, freeze, right? Um, And so from there, what happens is a contraction in our body system that actually can get stuck. Like if you've read the book, The Body Keeps the Score by Vessel van der Kolk, it's full of information about why this is so. And so the the traumas, the emotions, the conditions um, of the physiology get stuck inside the body. And so just moving is a way to keep it flowing. Um, my favorite thing right now for myself, for clients, I'm 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 like, can I get an affiliate link, please? Because I want to recommend it to everyone is this thing called The Class, okay? Um, You can look it up, The Class by Taryn Toomey. And it's a $40 a month membership. They do a free two-week trial. It is the most intelligent exercise I've ever seen. It's fully trauma-informed. It is amazing for fitness, it is. It gives you three options for how to engage inside of each activity. It really engages the mental body because it 
asks you to look at your resistance, look at where you stop, look at um, the excuses you make and this and that. So it's an incredible metaphor for life. And the physicality combined with what they know about trauma and what they're asking you to do actually moves the energy. So I'm, I'm a very skilled energy practitioner. And as I'm doing the class, I can feel the energy because emotions are energy, right? Emotions are frequency. And so I can feel the blockages moving from my body. I might actually do something emotional like cry while I'm (laughs) holding a pose and my arms are shaking and I'm having this literal trauma release from my heart. And because I am really okay with doing what I need to do to keep the frequencies moving, um, you know, I, I don't feel embarrassment about this or shame about this. It's like, oh, great. The tears are coming. That means the emotions are moving. That means I'm moving the frequency that has been stuck in here. I don't need a story about what that thing is. This is the really beautiful thing about physical movement is that I do not need a story about what is dislodging from wherever it is in my body and what might be causing me to feel a wave of emotion. I don't care. Quite honestly, I don't care. Um, I have analyzed emotions. I have analyzed the, the meaning of the emotion. I've, I've analyzed a lot. And it's like, I'm going to pick and choose what to think about and what to not think about. I do not need to understand every trauma release. I do not need to understand every emotional release. So I encourage you to engage with the class specifically. People, you know, especially if you are resistant to physical exercise, again, I used to be, um, do the class, do the class, do it early in the morning and watch how things change. Watch what happens when you sweat, which brings me to the second thing in my recommended list of things to do is we need to use the, what I call the PEMS model of a daily routine. So it's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. And I used to give different uh, recipes for daily routines when I was first starting out in private coaching and different coaches gave me different routines. First of all, everybody is different and every everyone's growth edge is different. So if you're someone who always resists the physical exertion, then your growth edge is to go toward that exertion. If you're someone who, that would have been me, uh, my little sister exerted all the time and doctors actually had to tell her to, um, back off of the exertion and add more of that feminine, that yin um, element to her exercise. And so you have your own growth edge in the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual categories. You have your own growth edge every day, every week, every month. And so this is really how I now recommend that people be with themselves when designing their daily routines, their daily self-care rituals. And I want to talk about elevating that frequency or moving that frequency, moving the dial. 
So let's think about density. The physical, the body, is the most dense form of our reality, right? The third dimension. Um, And so it's going to hold these frequencies. It's going to uh, encapsulate them, let's say. Okay? So that's like a house. (laughs) Then the emotional realm is above that in terms of dimensionality. Then the mental realm is above that in terms of dimensionality. And the spiritual realm is above that in terms of dimensionality. So a lot of the time I see modern women who are really overcome with emotions going to a mental place to solve the emotion and a spiritual place to solve the emotion. This is ineffective. As you know, if you are experiencing the anxiety, the depression, those kinds of things, because when you're trying to solve uh, the problem from the mental capacity, hello, patriarchy, this is what we've all been trained to do, right? Rely on the mind. The mind can fix all your problems. That's not true because the mind can't understand, well, there's this frequency stuck in the body, okay? So to move the physical body either through like a trauma release exercise, or maybe you try the class, you are freeing up from the base level dimensional frequency upward. And so that being said, if, if that is not freed up, then the mental realm will still be stuck do you see what I'm saying? You have to you have to free it up from the base up. You're a multi-dimensional being. Okay? So you can't, you know, when we're trying to solve problems, you know, any problem in our life by just going to the spiritual, that's what we call spiritual bypassing. Because we're not looking at what's unpleasant. We're not looking at what's in the body. We're not looking at um, clearing the mental distortions. We're just hoping that the spiritual realm will just fix it for us. We are multidimensional beings. We live in a universe that is physical, emotional, spiritual. I'm sorry, mental and spiritual on a daily basis. I mean, it's just it just is the way we operate, whether or not this is the first time you're hearing that or not. And so every single day, in every single category, you need to go to your growth edge to free up the energy and to continue to, I would say, evolve in in consciousness um, and on your own awakening path. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. So the... Again, the emotions are something, they're information, they're something to look at, something to work with, but they are not ruling your decision-making in the mind, and they are not, yeah, they're not ruling your decision-making, period. Okay, so the, the third suggestion here in what to do is good old mindfulness. We need to regulate the nervous system. So when we have big emotions and the world as it is right now is going to give us plenty of conditions to test our emotions, we're going to have, 
you know, a lot of potentially unpleasant emotions arising in 2020 right now and then, you know, months, years to come. And so we need to not be responding to every external condition in the world right now. If we do that, we will go nuts. And please remember that if you do that, as a modern woman who is waking up to the truth of who you are, if you respond to every external condition right now that's going on in the, the world, in the politics, in the news, then you are being controlled by that original program that I started talking about. Because you are allowing yourself to flip this way and that way based in conditionality and based in stories that you are being told. So here is where we're talking about the sacred truth of who you are and aligning to that sacred truth and, and knowing how that is different from your emotions, right? Your emotions inform you, but the core truth of who you are is not your emotions. And so you're aligning to that core truth rather than being swayed by all of the conditionality in the world. And so really cultivating your own ability to do that begins with the nervous system regulation. Emotional regulation begins with nervous system regulation. So one really quick way to regulate the nervous system is to make your exhales longer than your inhales. So if you notice that you're starting to get amped up, you're starting to react, you're starting to have an emotionally unpleasant experience, go ahead and notice. And then instead of judging, instead of trying to make meaning, go to your breath and extend the exhale. Okay? You need to practice that daily to fortify yourself when you are not in the sway and the heat of the emotions. Okay? Uh, number four on what to do. Oh my gosh, I made it its own point. Align to your truth with 100% intention. So do not take action from the emotional state. This is really important. (laughs) So when you're feeling a big emotion, and and emotions sometimes feel like a wave to me, um, when that wave rolls in and I'm I'm still on the wave, I try really hard not to make a decision right there. And reactivity would have us make the decision right there, (laughs) right? Oh my gosh, they were such a jerk when they did this. And so I'm going to retaliate right now in this moment and do that. That's not wise. That's not in integrity. Breathe through it. So just like you're interrupting the, the mental programming, you're also interrupting that reactivity. Okay. All right. Number five, what to do, practice the frequency that you want to feel. So if you've listened to like Abraham Hicks saying, get into the vortex, I, I don't 
know that I'm like totally, I'm not recommending that right now, but uh, I've listened to a lot of that on my path. And so when she's talking, when they are talking about getting into the vortex, they're talking about getting into the frequency of what you want. Joe Dispenza, I really do uh, respect his work. He's talking about practicing the frequency, but you have to get the brain state into the state of mindfulness first, into the state of um, regulating the brain waves in order to bring in the new frequency. So again, you have to practice this when you're already emotionally regulated and build and fortify your system. If you are someone who is used to jumping on whatever emotional wave is coming through and letting it ride you around, you are really going to have to interrupt this and come up with a time where you can do the mindfulness every day and during that mindfulness practice the frequency of the emotion you want to feel and another way to say that is practice feeling what you want to feel so if you really want to feel contentment but you hardly ever naturally feel contentment because you're running a story that you're not good enough and you have to really, really work really, really hard. And so you're hustling at that and you're thinking, no matter what I do, I don't feel content. Well, you're going to interrupt the programming, all that I've been talking about, and then you're going to sit down and you're going to practice feeling contentment on purpose. Have you tried that? Have you tried that? So you're practicing feeling the emotion that you want to feel on purpose. And if you catch yourself doing that naturally, go ahead and hold on to it um, for 30 seconds or so and help to elevate that new normal. So all of us, uh, we kind of have a resonance that we are used to vibing at. And, you know, if yours is super anxious right now, or a little bit sad right now, or maybe you're a pretty joyful person right now, everyone has a tone about where they, they resonate with. But as we are modern women waking up, as we're standing in the truth, as we are clearing the trauma, what we're doing is actually clearing the density so that we can vibe higher. I don't even know that I'm not taking the word vibe very seriously as I say it. So please, you know, take it, take it (laughs) Um, just in your own way. But if you want to feel better, if you want to be the person that is not ruled by the trauma, then really what you're doing is you're you're doing all that good work of clearing the trauma, clearing the density, and you are filling yourself with the truth of who you are, and you are filling yourself with how you want to feel. These are concrete tools that you can use to move the dial on how you feel on a regular basis. Okay, and lastly, I'll say I think a major, major um, point and consideration of feeling better is to really intend to activate the heart. Okay, we just did a series called, um, it was all about activating the the heart of the feminine. And uh, there's some really beautiful frequencies just coming through from the divine mother and available on the planet that are really here to really truly activate the heart. Uh, So you can contact me if you're interested in learning more about that. Um, 
Yeah, really, really important because that heart resonance is just about, in my opinion, as good as it gets. From that heart resonance, we have all the acceptance in the world. We have all of the patience. We aren't being triggered by these outward conditions. And so really practicing um, being in that active heart resonance is very important. Now we have come to my last point for this teaching. I want to talk about women and emotions in conversation, kind of going back to one of those original programs that women can be dismissed because of our emotionality. Now, that might not be fair as a program, but we do need to acknowledge that it is running as a program in the collective and that we will be dismissed if in our voices there is emotionality And we will feel better (laughs) and more solid in our voices and our points and our conversations if we have emotionally regulated prior to going into difficult conversations. So in no way, shape, or form am I wishing to contribute toward the shame that women feel for their emotions. I am saying let's be discerning in when we do bring those um, emotions forward and when it is a time to instead be with ourselves. I've got a little cat really scratching at the door so you might hear that. So I know that it doesn't feel good when you feel so emotional and you know that a conversation needs to be had or you want the other person to hold space for your emotions, but you actually don't feel regulated in that moment. And the truth that you are trying to bring forward in that moment is so worthy and so valuable. And you don't want that truth to be dismissed because of emotionality. And so, yes, it's a stereotype. And yet, unfortunately, it's still true. And so really, everything that we've talked about today If you're practicing this and you're regulating in your nervous system and and you're more in your body, these are definitely really good components of a strong recipe for being more grounded and in your rational brain and your prefrontal cortex when you are having meaningful conversations. And uh, as modern women waking up, we need our voices to be heard. And so this is this is a really real component of this conversation. Um, so again, if, if I can be of help right there, please let me know. I have a one-on-one uh, private mentorship called Unleash Your Inner Truth that's really based in 
how to regulate the nervous system, um, including emotional regulation, such that when you do stand in the truth of who you are and use your voice, you can do that um, much more solidly, earning more respect. This is really applicable to the workplace and relationships, obviously. Um, and you feel better. You don't feel as embarrassed. You don't feel like, oh man, I messed that up uh, because I was so nervous, because I was so emotional. So that brings me to the close here. And I hope that this information has served. If, you've, if you would like to contact me, you can do so at sarahpoet.com. And my email is sarah at sarahpoet.com. Um, yeah, reach out and keep in mind the mastermind waitlist is open. Uh, you will become fortified in so many of these areas through that program. Um, so let me know what questions you have. Okay, so much love. Take care and remember that this is a process. Okay, we're not changing things immediately overnight. We are in progress. All right, so much love. Bye. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.